Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Gadlut podcast. And for those that are listening to this episode, this is the gospel episode two. But the gospel is um, a series where I get Christians like me to talk about to having a relationship with God and everything about like the Christian life. So on this episode with me, we have a very special guest. You know, special guests don't, don't come every day. We have a very special guest, uh, the senior pastor of the Chapel of Transfiguration. On this episode with me, we have Pastor Femi. Hello, Pastor Femi. Hello, good evening. Good evening, sir. Yeah. Amen, sir. Thank you for being on the show today. The pleasure is mine. Yes, sir. Um, so my first question of today as we start this episode is is firstly, I know you 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 are you are the senior pastor of Chapel of Transfiguration. And before like one thing I used to always want to ask pastors is before the call, before going into ministry, what were you like? What was life like before going into ministry? Okay, uh, let me just put it this way. I think the uh, for me, uh, ministry came before uh, I was privileged to do anything meaningful in life. And I will explain it this way. Now, when I met Christ, uh, precisely when God gave me this call, one of the things that God told me is that not many wise people are called, not many noble people are called that God has chosen the foolish things of this world to put the wise to shame. I was a, a copper when God called me into ministry. Uh, I, but, but he told me that I'm going to start the ministry in five years time when I received the call. And it was after I received that call that I finished my service here. I was privileged to get employment in the bank. I started my career in Guarantee Trust Bank, now GT Bank. And I from there moved to other bank, rose to the level of assistant general manager before I came into full-time ministry. So the calling for me came before whatever achievement. So I I don't see myself as oh God called me when I was already making it in banking. God called me when I was nothing. And from nothing, he made me something before he now asked me to go and study ministry. So the mean the calling came before. I went into banking, even though I started the ministry. When I became, a, it was when I became a manager that I actually started the ministry. That was five years after I finished my NYC. Wow. I became a manager in four and a half years. So I started the wow. ministry five years after my NYC, and I left banking when I become assistant general manager to become a full time pastor. Wow! Wow! Wow, in just four years, that is that is really that's really very remarkable. So um sir, you said um God called you when you were a copper. Yes, sir. Yeah, but before you became a copper, you were you have been a Christian for like a long while. Yeah, I, I actually got born again at the age of 13, but the calling I'm talking about that when God told me that I'm going to be a pastor ministry, yeah. into, into ministry, you understand? That happened during my NYC. But I've been born again since I was 13 years old. Wow. 
Wow. Um, so, sir, I want to ask these questions because this question, the next one is because of um, a few discussions that have gone on between me and my friends, where we have argued about the fact that there's a difference between just being a Christian and really having a relationship with God. Okay. I, I, I want to know what you think about that. Okay, I think for me, uh, my my own experience can actually help us uh, understand that better. Uh, when I was in my secondary school, when I was twelve years old, I started. I was born into a Christian family. I remember at a point we were attending Catholic when I was very small. Then later we went into white garment church. Later we start going to church, and so when I got to secondary school, when I was around twelve years old. I started to have this feeling that I want to serve God. We were not going to church, you understand, but that the feeling was getting strong. I, yeah. I went to the college in Ibadan that happened to be a Catholic secondary school. So I decided to join the Catholic church in this school. Since I was actually uh, I was going to a Catholic church when I was very little. So after going there for some Sunday, I see this kind of that hunger to know God. Is still there. I'm not still finding that thing I'm looking for. But each time I go on Sunday, I always see some of my mates that are serving with the Reverend Father on the altar. So after one Sunday service, I approach the Reverend Father that I want to join them to serve at the altar. Just looking for a way to get that, to get myself satisfied that I'm now serving God, I'm now connected with God because it's like the hunger in me uh, just attending church was just not enough to quench it. So yeah. the Reverend Father told me that I needed to attend some classes before that can happen. So I was preparing to attend those classes. So this day I came from school and my senior brother, who was two years older than me, said to me that some group of people met him in school and they preached to him about Jesus that he should be born again. So that sounds strange to me, but also looked like, could that be what I'm looking out for? So I told him that, okay, can you tell me what they told you? So he explained it, everything to me, and I knelt down beside him in the room that day, and I gave my life to Jesus, and I followed, asked him the church where those people came from. Uh, so he mentioned the name of the church to me, and that was how we started attending the church together. And, and, and I knew that that day, after standing up from that place where I knelt, I knew something changed about my life. I knew what I was looking for. I just got it at that moment. And since that time, from age 18, I've been following Christ. Wow. Wow. That's really very inspirational. Um, what about at that point? Because I came for the business summit some time ago. And you also mentioned it here that you worked in the bank. And yeah. you moved into the position of... An assistant general manager which is a very very big position and i'm sure there were people that have also like been aspiring to get to that point so i wanted to know well how was it transitioning from from banking into ministry okay so now it happened this way that when i became an assistant general manager the church was already running, but uh, the church was doing fine. Membership of the church then was like about 500 membership, and which is not bad by any standard. 
And so God told me that time that I should, I should leave my job and go into full-time ministry. Now, uh, this is not the first time God has been telling me things that, uh, that may look way to people. We, we, the church start, actually started in Nikorodu, in Surulere, and after four years, God told me that we should come to Ikorodu. I don't know anything about Ikorodu. I'm not from Ikorodu. You can imagine coming from Surulere to Ikorodu. I was living in Surulere. 99% of church members were living in Surulere. I was working in VI, and God said I should come to Ikorodu. And so I told people, it looked weird that you want to go and kill the church. How will you get your member to Ikorodu? They will leave now. Uh, uh, don't you know about Ikorodu, what people are saying about the town? They say all manner of things, but I was, I was sure that God was leading me. And so we moved. We got a land in Ikorodu. We built, we came. And Sunday after Sunday, the number keep increasing. It's not as if some people did not drop, but we never noticed any drop in the attendance because the attendance was increasing every Sunday. And so when God told me that I should leave bank to go into full-time ministry, unknown to many people, as at the time God was asking me to leave banking, my annual salary in the bank was more than the total income of the church in the year. So wow. that was the position. So it does not even make any any sense uh, that uh, I should leave my work and my work also has been a blessing to the church. You understand what I'm trying to say? So why do I want to leave a well-paying job and the church is also benefiting from it? And But I see that, as I told you, that I was nothing when God called me. So I believe that whatever I have was given to me by God. And so if God say, time up here, is because I know that God has the capacity to take care of me. I told my wife, my children were a little young then. My firstborn was just in GS1. And I had a meeting with my family. I said, okay, we need to also adjust our lifestyle. I moved my son from a more expensive secondary school to a good secondary school, but not as expensive as the other one. I have many domestic staff. Then we have two two maid in the house. We have a maid guard. Uh, we have uh, two driver. So I have to stop one driver, reduce one housemaid, stop the maid guard from the house. You understand what I'm trying to say? Make some general life adjustment. It's not as if I don't have money to take care of my family that time, but I just told myself, I need to be, be more disciplined with my spending now if I'm leaving bank to come into full-time ministry. And so immediately I came into full-time ministry, God told me that we should start building the second phase of the church. So I told the architect, they give the drawing, the QS, they said it's going to cost us about 25 million. I said, okay, I'm coming to ministry. Where will this money come from? I'm, do, I'm going to leave banking. But surprisingly, in two years, we completed that building for, and we spent 30 million era and we did not borrow money from any anybody. And here, here I am today. I'm living a good life. I'm not. Okay, so so we, we got there us. We were able to finish that building and there was no, no issue. God provided the 30 million. Uh, God sustained me, sustained my family. I didn't have to call any friend to ask for financial bailout. 
And here we are today. God has taken us higher than uh, the way it was. Friends told me, they, why can't you ordain more pastor? Must you leave your job to go into full-time ministry? But it was not my decision. It was God's decision. And I just obey. And today I don't have any regrets obeying that call. There was someone I heard that said something like that there are some things in life that only purpose can fill in a man's life. The question is, leaving ministry, leaving banking to ministry, and from that time till now, what are the things you feel that due to purpose have satisfied you? The reason why I'm asking this question is because you know, there would definitely be someone one day that would listen to this podcast and might have probably been ignoring the call of ministry. I, I don't know if you get what I'm saying. Because yeah, the person okay. feels, okay, for my current situation, I can live a good life. So to you now, living the looking back now to that time when you left and now, what what are the satisfaction you gain from Living ministry, living back into ministry full time. Okay, I think the 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 satisfaction is that feeling of fulfillment that you are doing what you are actually meant to do. Now, the satisfaction is not really in terms of money because if you want to look at money, you understand what I'm trying to say. You may not relate to some decision. If I left banking about eleven years ago as an AGM, if I'm still in banking today. You can imagine the level I will be. So in terms of money, <laughs> you understand what I'm trying to say. Money, I will have even have probably have more money than now. But I think what I have for me now is satisfaction, the fulfillment that I'm doing what I'm meant to do. There are so many people that have money, but they don't have joy doing what they are doing. It's just a routine, just going to office. You understand? So but I, f- I feel fulfilled. I have satisfaction in what I'm doing. I'm not poor, you understand? I don't lack. God is meeting all my needs, you understand? But it's not an issue of Naira and Kobo, or it's not an issue of money. It's just an issue of finding fulfillment and finding satisfaction in whatever you are doing. So what, what would you tell someone that might probably be listening to this and might already be doubting the call? What would you advise someone that is about to go into ministry okay now le- let me put it this way what i will first of all tell them is that if somebody is telling me that wants to go into f- ministry and he wants to start at a full time i will ask him that you sure that god is asking you to start full time because i started not as a full time because i believe god does not like idleness there are so many full-time pastors they just started their ministry they have just five members so the question that these five members you have, they have all gone to office from morning to evening. You are in your house, you pray. So what do you do that keep you busy from morning to night? If you can do something that is keeping you busy, maybe you go outside, do evangelism, like people that have gone to work and you are, you are busy from morning to evening, doing evangelism, doing prayer, then God will pay your bills. But if most of the time, after praying for like two hours, read Bible, the remaining hour you either sleep or watch own video, you will live in poverty. You understand? Because you are idle. 
So I will say that, okay, if you have five members, you can still work while you have five members. The choice will go to a level that God will tell you that, oh, at this time, I think you should face this work on a full time so that you can have time for my sheep. You understand? And that is not to say that God cannot ask you to go into full time from day one. But what I'm saying is that if God is asking you to go into full time from day one, your itinerary too must be busy. You may have three members, but it's your itinerary busy with evangelism. Is your itinerary busy with prayer, with studying the word? You understand what I'm trying to say? Not that, oh, you are just wasting away, uh, living idle life in the name of ministry, and you only come and minister on weekday and Sunday, and you're expecting that God is going to provide for your need. It doesn't happen that way. You understand? You must be seen to be working, and God can never hold anybody. As long as you do the work of the kingdom effectively, God will definitely pay you. Wow, wow. Thank you so, so much for that. I'm sure that would really help someone. So, um, sir, for my final question, you have been very successful in banking your job and you have also been very successful in ministry. So to you now, if you would advise someone, what would you say is the key to success or what would you say is your most effective key now, I think the the most, my, for me, the key to success is absolute trust in God. You understand? Uh, because the work of ministry is not the work of the flesh. And also in career too, the Bible says, in, in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. Life is about, it's not just about labor. There is something you can, labor can deliver to you. But there is much more favor of God can deliver into your life. You understand? Oh, I became a manager in four and a half years. Am I the, the most brilliant in the banking industry? The answer is no. There are people that started with me at the same time that are brilliant than me. The answer is yes. Oh, do we have people like them that spend 10 years, 15 years to become a manager while I spend four and a half years? The answer is yes. So life is not, is not something that is just uh straight like that just believe that one plus one is two you understand so there is a place for god's favor you understand what i'm trying to say so i believe that one key to success is once you are you put your trust in god you ask god for his favor and you put your best into what you are doing and you stand for the truth you don't you are a man of integrity you don't put your hand into what is evil you understand? Then God will definitely grant you success in ministry or in in in, in place of work. At times it may not come immediately. Uh, doing all of that does not mean that success just start immediately. But if you are consistent, because at times God wants to try our heart. He wants to see that this thing we are doing, are we really sincere doing it? We, we are we still going to remain uh, uh, sustain our integrity even in the time of difficulty? So when God searched your heart and he discovered that you are really sincere, then blessing automatically follows. There was something I was going to say before we close uh, about the, the, uh, some of the challenges that are in ministry. Now, let me, let me say yeah. this, that the, the greatest blessing in ministry is the people. Because leadership is all about influence. And when you see the life of people you are leading being transformed, or somebody who came into your ministry five years ago, and it was nobody and God has transformed his life in terms of character, in terms of achievement in life. 
it gives you so much joy. But also the greatest challenge in ministry is also people. The greatest challenge of Moses are the people he was leading. Yeah, he will sacrifice everything for them. At the end of the day, some people will see more, more, we still say all kinds of things. So in ministry is a blend of, of, of success and challenges. Because at times people may get discouraged. Uh, why would these people say this thing about me? If you look at what people are saying at times in ministry, you will lose your focus. You understand what I'm trying to say? So the, the greatest challenge of ministry is, is the people and the greatest blessing of ministry is also the people. Wow. Wow. Thank you very, very much, sir. I really, really appreciate it. I hope we could do a part two of this some other time. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you so much, sir. Thank you for